DynastyFootballWarehouse.com is your home for fantasy football content 24-7, 365. We've got in-depth articles, rankings, ADP, and the always informational DFW forums where you can interact with the brightest minds in fantasy football. Whether you're looking for or giving advice, whether it's redraft, daily dynasty, or IDP, it's all here. Now, sit back and get your IDP fix with the IDP Blitz, a presentation of DynastyFootballWarehouse.com. Here are your hosts of the IDP Blitz, Chris Tubbs and Bill Latin. And welcome into this week's edition of the DFW IDP Blitz podcast, a presentation of DynastyFootballWarehouse.com. I am one of your hosts, Chris Tubbs. I'm being joined by senior IDP analyst at DynastyFootballWarehouse.com, Bill Latin. And Bill, we're going to do something a little bit different here. If there's one thing that I've been able to see with all the clickbait articles, and I mean, let, let's be honest, people love lists. And I know that, that one thing that we do is, is we have rankings, which, by the way, is not clickbait. You can go to DynastyFootballWarehouse.com and, and check it out. Uh, but we have got a different way that we're doing things. It seems like we're just, based on what we're hearing from people and the feedback, we want to try and change things up a little bit. And I actually like the way that we've got things formatted and laid out this week. Yeah, as we as the season winds down, we've been getting some some really great feedback. A lot of people really love the format that we followed the majority of the year, and it was extremely helpful, in particular with identifying sleepers and people that were up and coming and kind of taking a look at those nooks and crannies and seeing, you know, what kind of cream was rising to the top and who is falling, etc. But at this point in the season, really what it's all about is playoffs. It's all about uh, you know, making it to the playoffs, then making those crucial decisions on who to start, who to sit, recognizing uh, the situation that you're in in terms of do you need floor, do you need ceiling, who's healthy, who's not healthy, who's a good play. Um, those are the really critical things. And we ha- we got a lot of feedback from folks that wanted to hear some information on start, sit, and uh, possibly some some uh, waiver wire guys that might be you know fringe guys that maybe they're not they're not on rosters but they're they're startable options we hear it every year we we see week in and week out in the playoffs where um, guys step up and have big games and aren't necessarily weak contrib- weekly contributors uh, from a from a IDP standpoint and the same goes for for offensive i mean how many of us had stellar teams all season long and got bounced last week because our studs you know put up donuts so it's really important to take a look at the matchups, take a look at what's going on health-wise, and, and try to you know do your best guess, if you will, on, on who to start and who to sit. Yeah, the interesting thing about that, Bill, is you just mentioned the floor and the ceiling. And listen, we all want that monster week from maybe our, our LB number three or th- that safety that's going to come up with some big-time tackles and maybe a couple of pass deflections. But – we also need to play it safe, don't we, to a certain extent? If I'm out there and I know that I'm in a playoff and I'm in a do-or-die situation, there's no more room for error. You've got to be absolutely positively comfortable with the lineup that you're putting out there. And I want to ask you, from your perspective and the IDP analysis oh, – fuck. That's okay. Um. Can we just start it over? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So, sorry. 
No, you're fine. All right. Um, at least, damn it. We're not very deep in. It's no big no, deal. No, we're not. Okay. I just I, I got wordy and I wanna I wanna shorten up my approach so because otherwise I'm talking for a minute and you're talking for a minute and there's not that back and forth so I want I got you that's that's me I I got us off to a bad start all right three two and one. And welcome into this week's edition of the DFW IDP Blitz Podcast, a presentation of DynastyFootballWarehouse.com. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Tubbs. As always, I'm being joined by the uh, hopefully now defrosted and thawed out Bill Latin, who is the IDP (laughs) Senior Analyst. Because as we all know, Bill, you took your lovely wife up to Chicago in December, which, you know what, when you're from Arizona... God bless you for doing that for her. That's a huge sacrifice. And now well, it's, it, it, it was. It was. Tell me, tell me about that, because I yeah, I know it was, that was, it a, was a lot deal. of fun. Well, we did we did a, a turnaround. So less than twenty four hours, we left uh, from here, went to Chicago, and uh, went to see Hamilton at a matinee. Turned around and came back home. And Hamilton is, I mean, I've seen a lot of musicals. It's the best musical I've ever seen. I highly recommend uh, getting to see it. And uh, yeah, my wife, you know. You know, there's a there's a phrase "Happy wife, happy life." There's a reason that that's that's uh, a oh, phrase. It's true. It's, it's true. It's 100 true. And so, you know, 25 <laughs> and a half years of, of marriage, I've I've learned how to keep her happy. And uh, it was it was an early Christmas present to her, and uh, we had a great time. So I'm glad to be back. It was 28 degrees, a little windy, and uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be back and uh, in football mode. You realize that they do call Chicago the Windy City, right? So of course, there's going to be a a little bit of wind there, but did, let me let me ask you this before we get to to the actual football part. Did you stay inside when you weren't at the show, or did you go outside and explore Chicago and all of its elements? Well, we walked around for about forty five minutes. That was all the girls could handle. I was with my sister in law and my niece and my wife, so we were out, out there for about forty forty five minutes. We went and saw the Bean Park. It's a big, huge uh, sculpture thing. It's pretty cool. I uh, went to to uh, awesome breakfast at Wildberries, but the rest of the time we stayed indoors and and uh, did a little shopping and and uh, just relaxed. So most of the time was inside, but as you know, it's a pretty big production. It took about three hours with intermission, so about twenty minute intermission. So it's about two hours and forty minute production. So you know, the bulk of the time was was at the musical. All right. Well, I'm I'm glad that you're back in tropical Arizona. Well, what is it right now? Like it's got it's like, like seventy two. Oh, it's like it was. It's like seventy-two uh, degrees, something like. That. I mean, the sun's going down, so it's probably not as much. But I had a short sleeve shirt and slacks on today, and it was very comfortable. Yeah. Uh, so, so you went from the two and the seven to the seven and the two. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. right. That's fair. That's fair. Well, let, let's get into the the meat and potatoes because ultimately, people don't need to know about you know where we're at and the weather conditions, even though we we you know. We live where we live, and we love to live where we're at, so we're happy with what we do. We're in the playoffs right now, and over the last few weeks, we've tweaked, we've adjusted, we've made some changes to the way that we approach the content and the way that we present it, and everybody loves lists. I mean, we, we love to know where something is in relation to something else, especially when it comes to, to fantasy football and players. We want to know, is it player A or is it player B? And I, I got to admit, I kind of like the way that things are laid out this week, Bill. Yeah, we've took a lot of feedback from a lot of the listeners, and 
the vast majority of folks really liked our format throughout the year. They liked the consistency of it. They liked the breakdown of game to game, in particular, uh, pointing out the nuggets, the different players that uh, are, are rising and ascending, and also the players that maybe are underperforming, and you know waiver wire pickups, etc. At this point in the game, people are more uh, concerned about who can they drop, who should they try to be picking up, who should they be playing during the playoffs with all of these injuries and situations that are going on. So we thought it would be a good idea to take a look at matchups and do do a little bit of start sit talk. Um, you know, being as the game starts uh, tomorrow. We wanted to get a little start-sit information out there and, and see if people can get some information as to how to optimize their lineups to uh, to succeed. And, and, you know, there's a lot of speculation on who to play, and, and a lot of uh, big names have been underperforming. So we'll talk a little bit about floor and ceiling and, and uh, you know, what the best opportunities are for players. Yeah, when it comes to floor and ceiling, we all want those big weeks from our, our LB3 or – that waiver wire safety that we picked up that might you know, give us six or seven or eight tackles and, and maybe a pass or two deflected. We're never going to get, I don't think, those, those monster games from the unknowns at this point in the year. But are, are you going boom or bust, or is there a certain amount of safety that you've got to consider when putting together a playoff lineup, at least when it relates to IDP? Most of the time, I'm I'm going with the floor. I'm usually looking at the floor. There are, are rare occasions when I look at the matchup where I'm going against a juggernaut team that I really think is going to outperform me. In those cases, I'll swing for the fences, and you know perhaps I'll I'll pass on an Aaron Donald and I'll put a Daniel Hunter in there. So, so where, is that all? Is that matchup dependent then? Is it, is that kind of the way that you're leaning, depending on strategies? That's that's how I all things being equal if my if I think my chances are equal and we're a similar team I'll usually go with the floor and again if I feel like I'm handicapped and I'm behind the eight ball then I'm going to swing for the fences so you have to kind of take a look at your 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 roster versus the other person's roster and decide you know where do you fall you know what kind of matchup is it if you feel comfortable that you can compete then by all means use the safer plays if you feel like man this guy is stacked he's just he's going to just crush the game then I'd look for some some home run hits. Look for some guys that that might have you know big upside. Try to plug those guys in. If you hit on a couple of them, that can kind of uh, you know balance the equilibrium out a little bit. Well, let's go ahead and get into it because what we're going to do and the rankings are up at DynastyFootballWarehouse.com if you want to take a look at it. But I'm going to throw out maybe you know six, seven, maybe about a half dozen names. Uh, with the defensive line, the linebackers, and the secondary. Now, secondary, it could be a, a defensive back. It could be a strong safety, a free safety, you know, depending on scheme. We'll, we'll take a look at that. But I want to throw some names out at you, and I want you to just – we'll play a little bit of word association and what your what your expectations are for this week, Bill. So Sure. Sounds that, good. All right. First of all, we're going to start with the defensive line, and this is interesting because I think there are two teams right now, before we get into the actual individual names, that have those quote-unquote triple threats, and you've got the Jets in Seattle, meaning you've got three guys that could put up big-time games, but then you've also got that 33% chance that one of them is going to lay an egg. How How do you go about breaking down those two teams? Well, this is a great example of the floor and the ceiling that we talked about. With a guy like Frank Clark, I think that there's a lot of danger in plugging him in there. He has some very big weeks, but he also has some some uh, eggs that he's dropped. And so 
in situations where I need a floor, I'm not putting Frank Clark in. If there's a situation where I feel like I need a two-sat game, I need a huge arrow pointing up type of game and swing for the fences, then yeah, he's a guy that I can plug in there. So that's a great example of the floor-ceiling argument that we talked about. When when you have all three guys healthy and all three guys rotating in and out, then it, it makes it very difficult to, to figure out who is the biggest uh, the biggest contributor. So same thing for the Jets. You know, the Jets have a situation where they're rotating guys in and out. Williams, you know, this week I feel like coming off the injury, Wilkerson is probably the most dangerous play. I think that uh, the other two guys, Richardson, uh, is probably, in my opinion, the safest play. Uh, Richardson and, and Williams are the safer plays. But uh, Wilkerson is, is one that, you know, there's a question mark there for me in terms of do, can you be confident in plugging him in? There's a lot of times where you're not going to have a better option, so you're kind of just, you know, hoping and praying and crossing your fingers. But those are good situations of floor ceiling, and uh, I like uh, I like definitely, you know, going with the floor in those situations most of the time. All right, well, Khalil Mack is your number one at San Diego. To me, that's a no-brainer, but – I want you to, to give me a little bit of a breakdown on number two and number three. It's Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin, both of the Vikings, taking on a, a, a banged-up and maybe suspect Indianapolis offensive line. Yeah, Colts are middle of the road. They, they give up about the 16th or 17th most points to defensive ends, and they've been trending actually uh, down even more than that the last few games. And you're right, luck is banged up. That line is banged up. They're not really getting the running game going. And I really like both of these guys to they have pretty good games. Talk about floor ceiling. I like Griffin's floor. I like Hunter's ceiling. So those are that's another good example of situations where, depending on what your needs are, you may or may not start either of those guys. But they're both really good starts, in my opinion, this week, and I like them both. How about Cameron Jordan? Right now, you've got him at number five with New Orleans, and we haven't seen a whole lot of positivity from the IDP perspective out of New Orleans, but you seem to really like him against the Cardinals. Yeah, as we've discussed on this podcast a few times, Cameron Jordan's my favorite low, low DL1 guy, the guy that everyone hates on, the guy that nobody likes, and they're just kind of, meh, he's okay. I, I love rostering Cameron Jordan because of his price, because no one's really hot on him. He's not the sexy guy. But this week, he has a super juicy matchup against my Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals are giving up the most points to defensive ends, and we're banged up. Carson Palmer has looked miserable, and I just really think that uh, Jordan might come in here and really uh, cause fits for the Cardinals, and I, I love his matchup and think he's going to have a great day. Let's go all the way down to, to number 17, and, and I find this one interesting. Trey Flowers from New England, they're at Mile High or American FedEx Field at Mile High or Amarant, whatever they're calling it nowadays. It seems like it goes through multiple sponsorships, but you're taking on a Denver team that – just a couple of weeks ago, signed Justin Forsett, who has experience with Gary Kubiak, but you've got a young quarterback, you've got a running game that can't quite get going. You really like Trey Flowers. Well, you know, a lot of we got into a conversation on Twitter about Trey Flowers, myself, and IDPB a little bit back and forth. He's he's really off of Trey quite a bit, and and I guess again. There always has to be an asterisk in terms of uh, depending on what your league roster construction is. How deep is your league? You know, in roster construction where you have 45, 50 guys and more, I really love Flowers as a stash. And I just really think that this Broncos offensive line has not been performing very well. Their running game is not going very well. And I think that Flowers has been a guy that uh, he's, you know, again, he's 
he's not a stud, but I like I like him to get a sack this week. I like him to to uh, log some stats, get a sack, a couple of tackles, and I really think he's going to be a good middling to low DL one. And and I think that he's off of a lot of people's radar. He's he's a guy that not a lot of people are starting. So if you're really thin and you and you need somebody to plug in there as a DL two, I think he's a guy that you can plug in there, and he's he's going to a pretty decent floor for you this week. Let's stay in the AFC East and. It seems like Cleveland, whoever's taking on Cleveland, is ripe for the picking, and, and rightfully so. We always hear, well, who's got the Browns? Well, those are the guys you want to plug in. Kyle Williams has been a name for the last few years that, that I, th- I think IDP players are familiar with, and, and even those casual fans that, that draft team defenses, we know about sometimes the individuals could be greater than the sum of the parts. But Kyle Williams has a nice matchup this week against the Browns. Yeah, the Browns give up the fourth most points to defensive ends, and his matchup is juicy. Their quarterback situation is disgusting. It's been terrible. I really think that Williams is one of those guys that can put up a huge game every fourth or fifth game, and if the stars are aligning, this is the game that it's going to be. So I like his uh, I like his ceiling. I like what he could do. Uh, I have him ranked as a low DL2, but he certainly could put up DL1 numbers quite easily against that, that rough Cleveland line. All right, I, I want to go into what I think could be another favorable matchup. Andre Branch and Miami taking on the New York Jets that Matt Forte may not play with that injury. Bilal Powell, that was against San Francisco, so I guess that doesn't really count. Uh, You've got a a young quarterback in Bryce Petty. Is this an opportunity for Andre Branch and the Dolphins to rack up a few points? I really do. I have him ranked at at 24th, again, as a low DL2, but there is a much better floor there. Branch was a guy that I really coveted coming out, and I thought very, very highly of him. He couldn't get it going. He was hurt. He's bounced around a bit, but I really think he's performed pretty darn well there with all the injuries they've had in Miami. So I think that he's going to be a pretty darn good play this week, uh, in particular where you're starting two or more defensive linemen. As a DL2, you can't go uh, wrong with him, and, and again, I think he's got a floor of a probably a low DL1. I think that he's he's probably good for a sack this week. Let, let's move into a guy that you're not so high on, and, and this one kind of surprises me because we've seen over the last few weeks that Seattle's had a hard time with that offense. I don't know, Russell Wilson, they say that he's healthy. He appears to be healthy, but Seattle just has not been able to kick it into another gear, and Robert Quinn, at least coming into the season, I thought was supposed to be one of those I don't want to say superstar name, but a, a a nice player that could elevate that Rams defense to the next level. Well, for the folks who have been following me for a while, they know that I have a love affair with Robert Quinn. I, I love Robert Quinn and think he's an outstanding player. For whatever reason, he hasn't got it done this year. He obviously was hurt early in the season, and that that uh, has been very, very uh, crucial to, to the Rams' uh, defense in terms of not being successful. So him being hurt and coming back, playing kind of slow – uh, not getting in the groove. I, I do still think he's an elite athlete. I still think that he's a guy that uh, that could uh, have, have great long-term value. I have him ranked pretty high still as far as dynasty-wise. But this matchup is a little strange. Home home away splits. Uh, Seattle plays much better at home. And I really 
really think that this Seahawks team is going to be pissed off based on how they performed last week. I think that Russell Wilson's going to come out. He's going to execute. He's going to have a really good game against a, a mediocre uh, Rams defense. And I don't think Quinn's going to have time to get any kind of pass rush going. And I just think that they're going to dink and dunk and run and, and take their shots downfield. And I just, I really love Seattle just crush LA this week. So Quinn, I have him ranked at 34. I really am not playing him in any leagues that I have, and I have way more exposure than most people. I probably have him in 10 leagues out of 16, and uh, that's just it's just not a good matchup, and I'm just sitting on him. I'm just going to sit on him till next year with the, the head coach mm-hmm. being fired and the situation playing away, coming off of you know, a bad game, seeing, seeing a, a Seattle team that's, that's really upset and mad and angry. I just don't like the situation, and I think Quinn's, Quinn's going to put up a big dud. I definitely agree with the fact that I, I... – think Seattle got beat by Green Bay's an average team. Green Bay has a, a subpar defense and an average offense right now at best, even though Aaron Rodgers, to, to me, if you put him in a situation, still one of the top five quarterbacks in the entire NFL. To, to me, I, I thought it was a very disappointing performance last week by the Seahawks uh, on the road. Let's move to linebackers, and I want to talk about your number one linebacker this week. Maybe a little bit of a surprise, Vontez Perfect from Cincinnati. What are the expectations for him this week, even though you've got him number one? Well, people are going to be sour on him. They're they're basically going to they're going to uh, be upset because because he really had a poor showing last week. He pretty much put up a goose egg. I think he had two or three. Uh, points um, depending on your scoring and statistically the matchup isn't the best with the Steelers the Steelers don't give up a a ton of points to linebackers but that's dependent upon inside and outside and I really think that they're going to run the ball quite a bit I think that um, that Cincinnati uh, well yeah 236 yards by Le'Veon Bell yeah I got to imagine that you can't get away from the hot hand, even yeah. You know, because I mean, Pittsburgh needs a they need a win right now, and you know that you've got maybe two of the best in the league at their position in Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. It's really pick your poison. And again, this is highly unscientific, but I really think that guys, elite players coming off of bad games, they seem to play with a little bit of verve and intensity the following game. And I think Perfect coming off of a poor showing last week, I think he's going to really come out there and look to establish himself. And and he, he, I'm really warming up to him being one of the top three or four linebackers in the league. He's a knucklehead, but man, the guy on the field, he just sees the field so well and reads and reacts so quickly. And I just, I really like him to have a really nice floor this week and uh, and, and think he's going to have a monster week. Let's go to number four, and this is a guy that we were intrigued with when he changed teams during the season, and very rarely, I think at this point especially, are we going to talk about a member of the Cleveland Browns and and be excited about having this guy in our lineup, but Jamie Collins, the impact he has made in Cleveland since being traded from New England, and and I I think maybe the first couple weeks we were talking about it throughout uh, a couple of maybe two, three weeks of, of the podcast is that he seemed to be freelancing, but what do you notice with Jamie Collins settling into that Cleveland defense? Why is he a top-five linebacker for you this week? Well, last week against the Bengals, the Bengals tried to run the ball quite a bit, and he had 13 solos and two assists and a sack. So just a monster week. And I, I really think that Collins is the type of guy 
guy that is going to be an elite top three or four linebacker consistently in this league. Some guys disagree with me. Uh, they, they still think that he's not quite that type of guy. As you said, he, he uh, improvises too much and, and isn't as fundamentally solid as some of the other guys. But I just really love his athleticism. I love uh, you know the big play ability. And I just think that – uh, against this Bills team, which is a little shaky as well. Tyrod's kind of uh, not been playing the best. Uh, they love to run the ball, so there's going to be a lot of opportunities, a lot of tackle opportunities uh, You know, with them running the ball. I just look for, for Collins to have a really solid week this week. I want to go to, to number eight and number nine because it, it kind of pseudo fits into the triple threat, but you've got Telvin Smith and Paul Puzlesny both from Jacksonville, and I know the Jags coming into the season were a team that we broke down, especially in the linebackers, when you add a guy like Miles, Jack, we really, I was expecting a lot more, but Telvin Smith and Paul Puzlesny, how do you look at these two, because I know you've got Smith 8 and uh, Puzlesny number 9. Yeah, a lot of times when I'm doing these rankings, I, the guys that are the one-two punches, the, the situations like this with Telvin and Paul, or when... When Keekley God, it's like you know is healthy with oh, Telvin and Paul. I know yeah, you know guys. Telvin and yeah, yeah, yeah those Telvin guys. and Paul. Yeah, those yeah guys. And, and same thing with Keekley and uh, Thomas Davis. When there's the one-two punch there, oftentimes it's difficult to really pin down who's going to have the better week. So there's a lot of times in my rankings I'll put them 1A and 1B. So I like them as low-end LB1s, both of them. I think that one of them is going to have a big week. It's just flip a coin as to which guy you think will have a bigger week. But I think one of them is is going to have the lion's share and is going to, you know, it's all depends on offensively how are they going to how are they going to game plan, which side are they going to favor, where are they going to lean uh, offensively, you know, pick your poison. You know, that's the kind of situation that you, you can't really uh, project. So I like them both as LB1s, uh, but I really like the ceiling for one of them to really uh, emerge as, as a really top option this week. Let's move down to, to number 17, and you've, you've got a guy, and tell me a little bit more about him, Nick Ballor, San Francisco at Atlanta. Atlanta's a juggernaut right now, and San Francisco, as my six-year-old would say, just gave up a billion gazillion yards to Bilal Powell, who came in relief of Matt Forte. What is it about Nick Ballor this week for San Francisco that you've got him 17. Well, this is one of those classic situations where it's not necessarily the guy, it's the situation and the opportunity. I'm not a Belor fan. I have him on very few rosters, maybe two or three rosters, and they were waiver wire pickups as plug and plays. This is a week that I'm going to get him in my lineup, in particular from starting three or more linebackers. I think his floor is an, L, is an LB2, middling to low LB2, and I think that there's a, a pretty decent ceiling there with the fact that that defense is going to be on the field a ton. Atlanta is a much, much better offensive unit than San Francisco. San Francisco is going to have a tough time getting things done and I really think that San Francisco defense is going to be on the field a, a bunch so I like Belor to just stack up some stats and uh, and really be a pretty good performer for folks out there and it's kind of gross you know when you when you put him out there and, and you, you put him ahead of you know a guy like KJ Wright or somebody that I have a little lower so if you're only starting two linebackers you know, he's a guy that I'm going to put in there ahead of KJ Wright. I'm going to put him in there ahead of uh, Dron Lee or uh, Lawrence Timmons because I like his floor. I, I like the matchup, and I think that uh, there's a lot of opportunity there for him to to have a really solid week. So it feels a little gross, you know, putting him in there because he's not a name brand. He's not, you know, shiny new toy and the guy that uh, is going to 
uh, be a, a dynasty asset for years to come. But I really like the matchup this week against Atlanta. What surprises me now is we look one spot lower, and I believe it was last week that there was discussion that this may be the best linebacker that could give you IDP value, and that's Levante David. Why is he number 18 when just last week we were talking about just how he could be the measuring stick? Well, I've had Levante David very low in my rankings most of the last six or seven games. In fact, we've talked about benching him on numerous occasions on the podcast. This week he's got a pretty good matchup. Dallas, uh, they're about the ninth or tenth uh, most points given up to, to linebackers. They run the ball a ton. They dink and dunk. Uh, they're not really stretching the field. So the opportunities for tackles in the middle of the field are, are going to be really high. And I think that Quan's going to get the, 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 the bulk of that. And I have Quan ranked number two. But I have David as a solid LB2 this week. I think that he's going to uh, have a pretty good floor. Uh, we haven't seen a ceiling really. You know, he hasn't. He did have a pick the other week, but we haven't really seen the big plays from him uh, as much as in the past. But I really think that this week is is a solid LB two week for him. I want to move down to to Kansas City, and you've got Ramik Wilson twenty seventh, Justin Houston twenty ninth, and you're expecting a nice game out of one, and one of them maybe not so much. Why do you? have lower expectations for Justin Houston, whereas maybe you're expecting more out of Wilson. I, that goes back to the floor ceiling. If, if you needed a ceiling, if you, you absolutely had to have some home runs, then Houston would be your guy because there always is a potential for a sack with Justin Houston. But the way that things are, are looking this week for me, Tennessee's going to, you know, try to run the ball as they always do. And they're, and that really sets up better for me for Ramik to get higher tackle numbers. Uh, Justin Houston's a guy that really relies on sacks to get his his numbers up there. And, and I'm not sure he's going to get a sack this week, but I am sure that Ramik's probably going to rack up, you know, five, six, seven tackles, a couple of assists. And so I like the floor that Ramik uh, has much better than trying to swing for the fences with Houston this week. And by the way, all of these rankings can be found at DynastyFootballWarehouse.com. Let's move to the secondary. Now, again, these could be corners. These could be free safeties. They could be strong safeties. We're kind of lumping everybody together. And I think number one, no surprise, locked and loaded, you've got Landon Collins. Yeah, Landon Collins is just the hashtag, best. Hashtag really, really, really good. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's you know he's I've had him ranked number one all season long. Preseason, I had him ranked number one. He's just to me, he's the best DB out there. He he has all the tools. He's physical. He's fast enough. He hits hard. He has a good football IQ. And I just think that uh, against this Detroit team, this Detroit team has become a lot more efficient. So they're completing passes and they're moving the ball well, which means tackle opportunities. So I think that when you when you consider that Detroit's going to move the ball effectively against a mediocre uh, Giants defense, they're not a great defense up and, and, up and how, down how the much, field. How much of a consideration are you giving Matthew Stafford's finger injury? Uh, you know, I, I think that it, he'll be fine. I, I, they're not, they haven't really been stretching the field much Anyways, and I really think that they're gonna the, they're gonna operate out of that dink and dunk, 
you know, get the ball out of his hand quick uh, to the, to the running back, to the tight end, those short little slants and screens. And, and I really think that, uh, that this is going to be, you know, a pretty good, uh, a week for them. Statistically, the Lions you are usually a little tougher against uh, safeties. They they don't give up as many points. But I think this week is going to be an exception. The way that these two teams match up, I think that it's going to be high scoring affair, and I think that uh, Collins is going to have a very solid week. You know, Tom Brady's coming off a, a fantastic week, but you know, in other news, you know, water is wet and Chicago in December is cold. <laughs> but you really like T.J. Ward for the Broncos against New England is is that just a matter of opportunity because you know that Brady's probably going to sling it 35 to 40 times well th- this is going to be an interesting matchup this is going to be one of the one of the uh, games that I'm going to be more interested to watch just because I like the dynamics with with the head coaches with the defense versus offense and I, I think that New England's going to probably try to run the ball much much like everybody else has. Denver secondary is pretty darn good, even though they are ding, dinged up a little bit. So New England's going to run the ball. They're going to game plan. They're going to you know go with the flow. And, and depending on how great game script goes, I, I really think T.J. Ward is kind of game script proof. He's he's an outstanding uh, player in many facets of the game. He's he's very 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 physical. He can come up in the box, as we've talked about before. Uh, they, they put him in some blitz packages. And I looked, I think they're going to look to get him involved. It wouldn't even surprise me if he gets a sack coming off the edge, if they, if they get him involved in that. In particular, if, if uh, you know, depending on what packages the Patriots are putting out there. You know, without Gronkowski and, and running these three and four wide receiver sets, it's going to change the dynamics and the flow of, of what they're doing. So I really like Ward to get involved in this game. I think they're going to need him. And I think that... Uh, that he's going to uh, play a big role defensively. Can I call you a homer with the next one? Tell me why you think DJ Swearinger from your Arizona Cardinals is going to be a super sleeper this week against Drew Brees and New Orleans. How, how does this how does this matchup work in his favor? Well, first of all, New Orleans has given up the most points to safeties, and it's by quite a big margin. Uh, they've given up 375 IDP points to safeties, and the Eagles are number two at 338. And, you know, that's a that's a big margin between number one and number two. So we're looking at a matchup where New Orleans is going to pretty much uh, do what they do. And Arizona's kind of dinged up. They're a very solid, uh, good defensive unit overall, but their corners aren't the best. You know, Patrick Peterson is, is the lone uh, the lone example of, of what we have, but their other corners are kind of rough, and we have a banged-up secondary. Basically, it's it's uh, Swearinger and Jefferson, and that's pretty much it. Buchanan's missing from the middle, and, and the linebacking core is a little bit of a mess. So I really think that, that Swearinger is a very physical player. He loves to get his nose in there, and, and, and uh, he's, he's a very, very uh, aggressive, violent tackler. I look for Swearinger to have a huge game this week. Probably my... My biggest hot take of the week is that Swearinger is going to put up a, a DB one week. I have him ranked as the number seven DB. I have him ahead of, of Thompson slightly. I have Jefferson at number eleven. I just really love Swearinger's game, the matchup. Uh, I just think it's it's everything lines up for him to have a big week. It, I, I'm interested to know as we keep going down through your rankings to number thirteen, and this might be one of the highest profile players in. Well, certainly when it comes to, to IDP in the secondary, and that's Cam Chancellor. Now, to me, when, when I look at Seattle, 
I, I look at them taking on an L.A. Rams team that is without their head coach, which actually could probably be a benefit, Mr. August 8th, Jeff Fisher, Mr. 8 and 8. We all know that. But you, you've got Todd Gurley, who came out last week and said, our offense looked like a middle school offense. You've got a team that's in disarray. You've got a rookie quarterback that has shown very, very small glimpses. Why do you not like Cam Chancellor in that Legion of Boom taking on a, a Rams team that just seems to be imploding upon itself at this point? Well, I think that the biggest part of it for me is that I don't see the Rams offense being on the field much. And that's a big, big indicator of of lower potential points for an IDP player. If if your defense is is on the field minimal amount because their offense is not on the field, it stands to reason you're not going to score as many IDP points. So if if you know if your matchup is such that your offense is going to be dominating that game, which I really look for Seattle to blow LA out of the out of the doors, I think that this is going to be a big lopsided affair, at 35 to 10, something to that effect. I really like Seattle to just come out and stomp all over LA. Um, LA, I you know they're just they're just done. They're they're going to mail it in. I mean, you, you might have some guys out there showing a little bit of pride, and they're going to do their best. But this this Seattle team. They're just too good to have two off weeks in a row, and I think the offense is going to dominate the snap count. So Cam Chancellor's not going to have a lot of opportunities, and I don't think that uh, they're not going to be able to move the ball two yards, let alone you know ten or twenty. So I think that 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 front uh, that that Seattle has, they're going to eat it up most of most of the stats. I like the ends in this game. I, I think that the ends can be successful, but as far as the secondary, I don't really see them having big games because I don't think there'll be opportunity. I want to take you back to the early 2000s in country music, and Daryl Worley, he had this song called I Missed My Friend. And you've got Daryl Worley here, but it's a different – I looked at it, and I did a double take, and I'm like, Daryl Worley? I'm like, oh, Daryl Worley from the Carolina Panthers. You like him against Washington. Sorry, that, that, was, that was my attempt at a – completely irrelevant pop culture reference <laughs> from well, 16 years ago. Well, I'll tell you, one of the things that I've that I've subscribed to this year is warming up to defensive backs. And Worley is one of these guys that... You, you, you he, have, because, because at the beginning of the year, you said that they were so interchangeable. And I, I, I can tell over the last few weeks, you, you have, you've, you've embraced it. It's like you've turned a corner a little bit. Well, I think that it's very important for us in in this industry, in, in this hobby, however you want to put it, to be flexible. And honestly, Matt Kelly's probably the guy that I've listened to the most in terms of really looking at myself in the mirror and just not falling into the same narrative all the time and not being married to my takes to the point of futility where I'm just wrong, point blank wrong. And the... The game has evolved. You know, it's it's a passing league, and even though we have seen a running back evolution, you know, to some extent, it's still a passing league. You know, you still look at the running backs that are super uh, exciting, and they're catching tons of passes as well. You know, the, the David Johnsons of the world, yes, they're running the ball, but they're catching a lot of passes. So these corners are extremely active, and they're getting a ton of snaps, and they're getting a lot of tackles. You look at Worley for the last – uh, last uh, six eight weeks, his 
His IDP points, 25.4, 10, 24, 15, 13, 10, 27.5. He started off the year a little rough, and I'd have to go back and research, but it very well could be because of snap count and because of, of the situation. But he's he's 21 years old. You know, he's 6'1", 205. He's a physical kid. He's a rookie. And I really think that he's just coming to his own. He's a guy that, you know, we talked about that as well at the beginning of the year where you want your corners to be good but not great. And I think that's that's the situation with Worley. I think he's good but not great. He's not a shutdown guy, so qu- quarterbacks are not afraid to look his way. But once the ball is caught, he's a very uh, physical, good player, uh, a good tackler. And he's just putting up a really, really nice floor the last several weeks. I love, love, love him as a solid DB2 play. I think that he is is rock solid, and I feel super comfortable uh, putting him in, in there as my second defensive back. Well, we know that Washington definitely loves to sling it in that Carolina secondary. For as good as that run defense has been, that, that secondary, they've been susceptible to big plays throughout the course of the year. And by the way, uh, I miss my friend Darrell Worley from 2002, peaked at number 28 at the uh, Billboard Top 100. I just thought I would let you know that because I figured I got, I, got a, I got to tie the loose ends together. Let's go to the other side and, and Dante Whitner. You said this could be a potential auditioning for a job next year for him? You know, Whitner is old, but as we've seen with a lot of these guys in the league, the, the older DBs that, that have – a good floor, they stick around. And and even though Whitner was out of a job for a few weeks, he he's come back and he's been very solid. And I think that these last few games of the year, I I personally think he's going to be auditioning and trying to uh, solidify himself as an asset for a team uh, to to put on their roster. And I think that he we've seen in the last several weeks, he's a guy that can be streamed. I'm streaming him in a lot of leagues, in particular where. If you have to start three DBs, he's a great start. He's a he's a low middling to low uh, DB uh, two for me this this week. But I really think that uh, he's a guy that's playing with a chip on his shoulder. He wants to do well and uh, he wants to show that he he can still uh, produce in this league. Yeah, I, I'm surprised we're still seeing the production out of him because he has been around for for quite a while. And it, it is interesting that you could be looking at a guy like that who would be looking at a job for next year. It, it, it is kind of amazing to think that Dante Whitner's in that situation. Last guy that I want to talk about, and by the way, all these rankings, again, are on DynastyFootballWarehouse.com. We're just I think, hitting the high points and trying to get some of maybe the, the, the deep sleepers, the bust, maybe guys you, uh, you want to avoid, maybe guys you really want to target. Is, is Von Bell from New Orleans – at Arizona, and I, I was really disappointed in the way, or not disappointed, but more or less surprised at the way that Carson Palmer struggled last week uh, against Miami. What is it about Von Bell? And I see the words dance party next to it. Can you explain, yeah, to, can you explain <laughs> that to me? Yeah, today, uh, Matt Kelly again, you know, I, I have an affinity for Matt Kelly, and he had a, a podcast today. And he had a dance party for a couple of players and, you know, players that he celebrates that he likes that that uh, that start to improve and, and show what they can do. And Malcolm Mitchell was one of them. Uh, you know, so guys that do well that uh, that are on his radar that he's touting when they do well, he uh, he has a dance party. So Von Bell is one of those guys that we've been touting and he's you know, he's stepping up. He's he's showing that he is a valuable asset. He's showing that he belongs in this league. He's showing that um, that he 
he can produce. And I really like um, I really like his swagger. We've talked about that before. I like the fact that you know he he goes out there and, and he plays extremely hard. He's had a strung a good couple of weeks together. Uh, last week he had uh, three tackles, four assists. The week before he had four solos and two assists. Last week he had a half a sack. So um, you look at his last uh, six weeks. 16 points, 10 points, 5 points, 10 points, 13, 15 and a half. So short of the the outing versus the Rams, which as we talked about, if, if the team doesn't have anything going offensively, there aren't going to be opportunities. Um, I think that this Cardinals team has enough uh, <clears throat> enough juice with J.J. Nelson and and with uh, them moving the ball with Jermaine Gresham, uh, which by yeah, the re- way re- released released Michael Floyd. Yeah, I was expendable. just going to say. Yeah, uh, side note to that: what a what a douchebag. I'm the biggest Michael Floyd truther. I have him in tons of leagues, and you know Izzy and I uh, on Twitter we get in debates, and I had a bet with him, and I lost the bet. And but man, I'm just uh, I'm just I mean the shares are so cheap, and they're so the value's so low that I can't I can't trade them, I can't drop them. So I'm I'm just gonna sit and hold on them all of them. But how disappointing is that? That's just terrible. And we talked about this last week with the drinking and the drugs and the I mean really. Come on, seriously, you can't you can't hire a driver. You know, you're a millionaire. You know, you get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, for, you know, uh, 120 minutes. Yeah, and, and I, I really thought that the combination of Michael Floyd and Larry Fitzgerald, those two together, especially Floyd being able to come in and, and kind of learn under Fitzgerald, who well, is throwing the- John Brown there, throwing John Brown and then J.J. Nelson. I mean, on paper, preseason – this team looked to be special at the wide receiver position. Carson Palmer coming off a pretty good year, except for the la- the end of the year with the injury. Uh, other than those couple games with the injury, had a pretty solid season last year. So on paper, this team looked like it was going to be outstanding, and it just laid a big old fat egg. And I just, it's just disappointing. I just want to lose the rest of the games just to just to improve our draft status. It's just it's gross. I, I I'm just I'm just over it. I'm ready to to get you know. A franchise quarterback. We need a franchise quarterback, and uh, you know we've got a good running game. We have some pieces on, on on the wide receiver part. We have some pieces on the defensive part, but we need a good draft. We need to get a franchise quarterback and solidify the secondary. And uh, man, it's just it's frustrating. But I, and I hope Michael Floyd gets his shit straight and and gets his act together. Uh, but man, that's just I don't know. It's well, it's it's hard when you see a lot of talent like that and. It can go to waste, especially considering how highly touted he was. Uh, I think coming out of, you know, coming out of Notre Dame, people thought that he was really he had the the metrics of a solid NFL wide receiver. But solid isn't the word. Elite. He has the metrics of an elite wide receiver. You look at his physique. You look at his metrics of how fast he runs, his broad jump, his his uh, bench. I mean, you look at everything, and he is a specimen. He's a guy that should be. Uh, a top 10 wide receiver without question. Uh, and he just, and you have the guy that has possibly the best work ethic ever in the NFL with the exception of maybe Jerry Rice uh, in, in Larry Fitzgerald. And you can't model that behavior. Seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, come on, man. Seriously. It's just, it's ridiculous. You, you literally have the most iconic hardworking wide receiver in the history of the NFL. And and you can't model that behavior. It's if he can't succeed here in a Bruce Arians downfield uh, offense with with uh, a great mentor in Larry Fitzgerald, 
I really doubt he's going to have any success anywhere. Yeah, and it's a shame being from um, – I'm originally from Minnesota. You know, those two kids, they're Minnesota kids, so we were really hoping that uh, Floyd – and there's still hope for him because he is – he's still young. And, and, hey, we saw it with you know Chris Carter. You get him out of a different – maybe a change of scenery is just – is just what the doctor ordered, but you're right. If if you can't follow the footsteps of a guy like Larry Fitzgerald, it's maybe you, you just you need a change of scenery. All right, before we uh, before we get going again, uh, want to remind you that all of these rankings are on DynastyFootballWarehouse.com, and we were talking about the D-backs, and I think one of the reasons why you you've been a little bullish on it is to you at least I've heard you say this that. It's difficult to project it week in and week out because it can be so fluid. Yeah, DBs, it's just tough. It's just tough. There's more There's more up and down uh, with the DBs, so it's very hard to project. And I really recommend looking at the matchups, looking at the floors and ceilings. And most of the time, you're, wanna go, you're gonna wanna go with whoever's gonna have the most opportunity. It's kinda like if you flip, if you flip it and look at the offensive side and you know that a team uh, runs the ball uh, a ton and they're going against a soft run defense that despite the fact that the running back might be nicked up or might not be the best running back, that that's still a pretty good matchup. And and oftentimes, in particular in the playoffs, you're going to want to take advantage of those situations. So, you know, take some of the information we gave you, you know, look at your rosters and, and, and try to make the best decisions you can uh, for your for your rosters. Be, feel free to hit us up. You know, hit me up at Bill Latin. Ask me any uh, start sit questions you have. We can we can talk about it. And sometimes it's it's great for me to get those kind of questions too because I'll look at something and I'll have an initial reaction, and then I'll dissect it a little more. Look at look at the statistics. Look at uh, the weather conditions, what have you. And and sometimes I'll I'll flip a little bit. So it's yeah good yeah to, yeah, it's let, good let, to... yeah. Let, let me ask you this uh, before we we wrap things up here. You're talking about weather. We're so concerned about it from the offensive side. With oh, we don't want to play our quarterback in a blizzard. We don't want to. We don't want to play our, our star wide receiver. You know, I mean, Pittsburgh's a perfect example because of the snow. They had to run the ball, and that that nullified or it rendered Big Ben and Antonio Brown. You know, it neutralized that. How much does the weather play a factor in determining whether or not to sit somebody from an IDP perspective? Well, I like playing defensive linemen in sloppy conditions. So if you've got situations where there's rain or or potentially sleet or snow, I like the defensive linemen in those situations. I think that uh, it presents a situation where you can have you know s- some heightened success. And you know, it's it's really it, it it depends. It depends on the matchup. It depends on the specific situation. You know, we're looking at at uh, the 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 landscape of, of defensive backs in, in particular, you can have situations where one defensive back, a corner, is a great play, but the safeties in the other corner are not a great play. It depends on the matchups. It depends on what the other receivers look like and, and what what the game plan, what you think the game plan, the game script is going to be. You know, are they are they going to run? You know, look at New England as an example. They're not running two tight end sets because that's not their personnel now. Now they're running three and four wide receiver sets, and uh, it's just changing the game. You look at what Mal. Malcolm Mitchell is doing, which, by the way, again, huge Malcolm Mitchell fan. Have him on a ton of rosters. Have uh, tried to identify him uh, all over the place. I have to give props to Matt Waldman. Uh, I get his uh, scouting report every year, and Matt Waldman was a big fan of Malcolm Mitchell's. Um, also, 
uh, again, you know, Matt Kelly talked about him. Matt Kelly was a big fan of Malcolm Mitchell's as well. So I listen to these guys and I stashed him and, and it's, you know, it's a dance party. It's a dance party. So, uh, you know, th- those are the kind of situations you want to look at. You want to look at situations where uh, all the stars are aligning and, and the matchup's good. And um, But, again, things change. You know, like the weather can change. You know, cold is different than snow. It can be 28 degrees, but if there's no wind and no snow, piece of cake. I mean, these guys, are, they're pros. They can throw in that. So, you know, I've seen we've seen some big games out of, out of Aaron Rodgers in, in 28-degree weather but with no snow, you know, he, you can, you can pick people apart. So, um, it, it, it all depends. So be fluid, be willing to, to make some tough calls, uh, ask, put out some Twitter polls. You know, that's a big thing with me is, uh, in fact, this last week I put a Twitter poll, Matt Ryan or Carson Palmer. And the reason was Matt Ryan was without Julio. So I was really second guessing myself. What am I going to do? What should I do? Carson Palmer's matchup was decent. And, uh, you know, my initial gut reaction is no, you got to stick with Matty Ice, and uh, it just cemented and solidified it. It came back about 64% Matt Ryan, and got a lot of good feedback, a lot of good comments from people. It kind of settled my nerves, and I kept Matt in there, and, and Ryan had a, an outstanding game. So that's not to say it's always right. You know, sometimes the the crowd can be wrong, but if you get 50, 60 uh, people telling you that you know that <clears throat> that that you should lean one way. And that's probably where you should lean. So, you know, it's 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 good to get feedback like that. He is Bill Latin. I am Chris Tubbs. This has been the IDP Blitz Podcast. And again, Bill, before we wrap it up, tell people what they can do to to help support us, support the podcast, just continue to help this thing grow because we are continuing to expand week in and week out, and a lot of it is because of the awesome listeners that we've got. The biggest thing that a person can do is go to Dynasty Football Warehouse and become an insider. Get our insider content for $24.99. It gives you unlimited access to our articles, our pages, our expert rankings, our ADP information, contest giveaways, all kinds of good stuff. And the greatest part about it is you have 24-7 access to all of the owners there at DFW. You send us an email with questions, roster concerns, uh, whatever, and we're going to answer your questions very quickly. We have lots of people with various uh, degrees of expertise. We have daily guys. We have uh, dynasty guys. We have IDP guys. Um, we have all types of, of guys that have strengths in various aspects of dynasty football. So yeah, anything you get, you're anything you're looking for, we've got it. Absolutely, and so and you get very quick response. So if you're you're looking for that last minute start sit question, and you send us an email, you're going to get an immediate response. So that's the biggest thing. The second thing is for the podcast, uh, we've had a little bit of a dry spell with with uh, with uh, ratings. And, and, and subscriptions. So if you could just go to iTunes and get, give us a rating, give us a review, and uh, tell us what you think. Tell us what we can do to be better. Tell us uh, you know, if, you, if you enjoy it. And uh, it just helps us. We get more ratings, more reviews. We can possibly get some, some uh, advertising going on here and to really continue to grow this, this vehicle and try to make it better and better and better. And uh, we wish, really appreciate uh, all the listeners and all the feedback. And uh, we look Look forward to continuing this and, and helping this grow and and to uh, to continue to deliver good IDP content. Uh, what's cool is that we're an independent IDP podcast, so we're doing this not with the backing of a, a big corporate machine. We're doing this, and we do it because we enjoy it. But yeah, go to uh, iTunes, subscribe, rate, review. You can find us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, several different platforms. 
And of course, you can always follow us on Twitter at Bill Latin and at CM Tubbs. Bill, that'll do it, man. A lot of great stuff. And I guess we don't have to worry about any buys. It's just play your, play your matchups, do your homework, and you'll be fine. Yep. Good luck, everybody. And, and uh, it's playoff time. That's right. It's as the Mandelbaums would say, it's go time. For Bill Ladden, I'm Chris Tubbs. Until next week, good luck and so long, everybody. For more fantasy football analysis, follow us on social media. On Twitter at Dynasty underscore DFW. Give our Facebook page a like, Dynasty Football Warehouse and Dynasty Football Warehouse on Google+. This has been the IDP Blitz, a presentation of DynastyFootballWarehouse.com.